Susanna here with the Building a Modern Employee Brand podcast. This is episode 53. I want to ask you something. Have you ever thought about how much talent acquisition is really about selling? I think it really is selling in sense that our career opportunities are like products of our workplace. And uh, it is our job in talent acquisition to to sell, to convince the job seekers that this product, this career opportunity is, you know, more suitable for their needs than, and their uh, desires than the uh, competing product offer. So the competing vacancies from other, uh, you know, other companies. We really must put more consideration into how the actions of the other companies impact to our abilities to succeed in hiring. And I feel like oftentimes it appears that, especially hiring managers, sometimes also talent acquisition, but you know, based on my 20 years of experience, you know, talent acquisition people are actually wiser in this. Sorry if I heard somebody's mind, but I think that hiring managers have a lot of room to, to build up their understanding of hiring being equi- equivalent to sales. And I feel that hiring managers often times forget about the competition and kind of treat like their recruitment process, their selection process, their vacancies are the only available option in the universe. And how this comes across is like, for example, the, the information in the job post oftentimes is quite aggressive. Like we require this, we need this, we accept this. Or then it looks like a shopping list that we want this and that and the other, like 72 bullet points of, of sort of items that are required from the person even to consider the job. I feel that a job post should inform, it should it it should convince and it should convert to the process of applying and if it already fails at the you know the information informational role then how is it gonna help your organization to succeed in hiring also the other factor that comes across very often is that the application times are getting shorter and shorter which means that the uh, time between actually seeing your job advert and then having time to pay attention to it, having time to actually consider, come back, consider, and then do the research as any sound, smart job seeker would do these days. And then prepare your application to make it like the best version of uh, your sort of talent offer. Now, is the, is it realistic to get this done in let's say like a seven day or 14 day period i mean it seems to me that many organizations are thinking that their job offer is so unique so magnificent that a job seeker is just going to drop everything everything in their lives to be able to find time to apply to that job and furthermore the selection processes are often I feel not engineered with the sort of a candidate experience in mind, the progress, the selection process, the progress, how it goes, the timetable. It takes place too often 
when the hiring manager has the time, when it's beneficial for them, instead of uh, considering, you know, how to keep, for example, the best candidates on the process. And uh, throughout my career, especially at the time when I was, you know, really doing a lot of recruiting, I, you know, we lost best candidates from the process because the hiring managers were not prioritizing the process, the selection process and the decision making, which made the best candidates to exit and commit to the recruitment processes of other companies. Now, hiring is selling and talent marketing is about helping hiring to sell. It's about creating awareness, building desire, convincing prospective applicants to convert to that recruitment funnel so that hiring can take over and, you know, do their work do their part in uh, converting those people in the funnel, those prospects into applicants and into new employees. In this week's episode, I'll continue with the topic I started last week, which is about persuasion, how to be more persuasive in talent acquisition and how we should think talent marketing, rethink talent marketing in order to be more successful in our hiring efforts. I think I rem- I think I mentioned Daniel Pink last week as well, but just in case I didn't, Daniel Pink is uh, truly like the mastermind behind, uh, you know, motivation and persuasion um, to to succeed in sales. And uh, you should definitely Google Daniel Pink if you don't know who he is. He has like years of really really interesting material and content. Anyway, Daniel Pink says that we must make selling personal and purposeful for our target audiences, the customers. And if we translate this into talent acquisition, this means we must make our hiring personal and purposeful for our target talent audiences. The biggest mistake, I think, employing companies doing hiring is to assume that our ideal talents are just literally dying to spend hours to to prep a great application in order to possibly be invited to our selection process and then wait what for like six months to hear back i mean hardly any organization in the universe is in such an amazing such a rare position that that this would be the case and i doubt that the organization that you hire for is either you can make it though you really can make your organization a an amazing place to, to to apply to. Obviously, it's not that easy. Otherwise, we would have much more organizations like that. But you definitely can do that. I mean, it's all about understanding how your ideal talents, those talents your business desires to hire, how they must be at the center of your attention. And it is a huge change. It is a huge change in the general frame of mind. It is a it is called a paradigm shift. And and this change is about, you know, stop talking about what our business needs, what our business requires, what we want, what we expect from our applicants, and promoting our business like it like it is what our talents want, because essentially they know what they want. And what they don't want is to hear us about talking about ourselves. Your target talents are looking for a resolution to a career-related problem, a need or a challenge. Whatever it is, it's big enough to drive them to look for a change. We all know how change 
averse a human being is. This is building our brain because a sudden change can kill us. And we must be aware of the possibility of change. We must be able to recognize a change in order to make sure it is not going to hurt us. This is an instinct. It's part of the survival mechanism that we needed when we were still living in the caves and it's still very much in our DNA. When a person is actually proactively looking to change what they currently have, as in, you know, the situation that they're in, you know, career-wise, it, it will be a huge deal. It is still a huge deal if they were unemployed. It goes against this instinct, this survival mechanism. It's just safer to stick to what you have than to take, take the leap to the unknown. And changing a job is just a huge leap. The entire process from applying to participating and starting in a new job, it just requires us to invest a lot of additional energy, a lot of effort, uh, you know, from six to 12 months to convince our new boss and our new colleagues of our, you know, skills and our attitude and our capability and our, you know, collaborational style and whatever. We need to put a lot of extra effort for a considerable length of time in order to make sure that the roots are deep enough for us to relax. And most hiring managers and talent acquisition, I feel that they totally ignore this fact. And they operate hiring like they were the kings and the queens of the universe and everyone was keeping their life on hold just to jump on the gun when you pull the trigger. But they're not. It's time to make this change in your mind and on your path to becoming a professional talent marketer. So last week I spoke to you about persuasion, being able to persuade others with your behavior and with your words in a manner that benefits both parties is an important skill also in talent acquisition and in professional talent marketing. And when you start making your recruitment more personal and more purposeful, like Daniel Pink says, uh, you know, we can apply Daniel Pink's two suggested questions, uh, which he applies to selling, but I think that they work just the same in talent acquisition. So when you start the hiring process, uh, this is when you start summing up the information for the job post. So the, uh, the two questions that Daniel Pink recommends for sales, but and I translated this into this uh, sort of talent, uh, talent acquisition um, interface. So if the talent does what you want them to do, as in prioritize your vacancy and your schedule to apply to your position, will they be better off? If they get this job and begin their career at your company, will they be better off? And then question two, if the talent does what you want, will the world be better off? And I know the second question seems odd to you because you probably think like, what the heck? But you know, think for a second, is your career offer the way you presented and the experiences working at your company will generate, are those going to make your ideal candidate to be better off than they are now? Because this is about making your vacancy, your career opportunity more personal and meaningful to your ideal talents. It's not about you feeling the role. It's about it's about communicating what is the benefit, how will it make their life better if they actually got the job. And 
if this ideal talent is successful in your hiring process and then, you know, accepts your job offer and starts to work with your company, will the world be better off as a result of your business and this person joining their forces? You know, they know how their values, their drive and motivation and so on. And this is about whether your career opportunities, whether a career with your company is purposeful enough for your talent, uh, for your talent audiences, for your ideal talent. So we know from a lot of, uh, you know, studies over the past years, how, um, you know, what uh, talents expect from employers have changed quite significantly and how like this uh, mission-driven, purpose-driven workplaces are, you know, becoming more and more important for talents and how uh, people are looking for more and more the meaning of work. So this is what it means. This is exactly what it means. Is your career opportunity meaningful enough for your ideal candidate that it will make their life better than it is now? And then the purposeful is the uh, what you can do together, what your company represents and what this talent is going to bring into the equation. Is this going to make the world better? Is this going to, you know, allow you your business to um, execute your purpose, make your mission come true? This is literally what people are wanting to hear. And sometimes it's difficult to think about hiring like this. But it really gets much easier if you put yourself in the shoes of this so-called talent in this in this uh, example. So position yourself in a role of a job seeker. And now think about the potential job opportunities that you might want to seek, you might want to follow, to apply and so on. And I think that you can better understand why it's important to make the job opportunity more personal to you as a job seeker, to be more relevant uh, to what you're looking for, what you expect from your ne- next job. You know, what will be a uh, significant enough of an uh, opportunity that would seem like a resolution to whatever reason you have in your life that has driven you to seek for a new career opportunity and make that huge change, you know, career change. And the same goes for the, you know, is it purposeful enough? Having a purpose doesn't have to be a purpose to save the world or stop famine and wars and so on. Purpose is something to work hard for, something that we feel strongly about, something that makes even a tiny corner of the world better off when we make it right, when we achieve it. And I don't believe for a second that a person like you would not seek a purpose in in what you do. You would not be listening to me if meaningful work and having a purpose were not important to you. Well, there are, of course, a lot of people in the world that really couldn't give a damn. I don't think you were one of those people. I am not one of those people. And this is not about, you know, idealism. We have changed. And if your business feels like you guys deserve the top talents of your industry, well, guess what? Those talents also look for a job where they can contribute towards a meaningful purpose. You know, the top talents of the industry are looking for the top companies to work with. You gotta make sure that your company is one of the top ones. Talent acquisition is sales. 
marketing helps to build that awareness, that desire towards your product, as in the job, the career opportunity. And to succeed in this, you have to make a change in how you present your vacancies and your career opportunities to your ideal talents in talent acquisition. Let's dive into this, but before that, I want to talk to you about something that I assume will be personal, will have great relevance to you, and will give you tools and skills and competencies to make the world a better place. And this is, of course, the talent marketing school that we are launching in early 2021. there, has talent marketing become a practice that you yearn to learn a lot more of? Have you tested and tried some of the tips I've blogged about or podcasted about and see that they actually work? Do you feel like there must be a lot more about this that you could learn about, you could become professional about, that could help you to build a career of your desire? Now, telemarketing is a new area of expertise within business marketing and communication. And there are not a lot of true professionals in talent marketing yet in the entire world. It's so new. What if you were among the first ones? What if you were ahead of the professional game as more and more companies are starting to hire the talent marketing and employer branding positions? The problem is that You've not been able to study comprehensive talent marketing anywhere until now. We are launching what is likely to be the world's first talent marketing school for aspiring talent marketing professionals, and we're launching it in early 2021. Now, while you could take a course here and there, and you could take a workshop here and there, you could listen to videos on YouTube for free, or you could pay for all of this separately, What if, against the price of literally a one course, you could get access to all my lessons, all my courses inside the Talent Marketing School? Now, if you believe in my thoughts and my methods, if you believe in me as your guide, as your advisor of modern employee branding and talent marketing, you should definitely sign up now. My promise to you is that I will make sure that your journey in talent marketing school will cover everything I see to be important for you to know, for you to learn about, for you to understand about modern talent marketing and employer branding. When we launch talent marketing school, we will present you a few lessons to start with, and we will add new lessons in a pace that will not bring anxiety to you as a student. We will also make sure you will be kept updated on what you need to learn or when you need to update your knowledge about something as the world changes. It's your time now to make this what could be your best career move ever. Sign up to the Talent Marketing School waitlist today. Aspiring talent marketing professionals on the waitlist will get access first. And you're going to become my special group as well. What you need to do is go to modernempowerbrand.com and you'll see the purple button calling to join TMS waitlist. That's to join the waitlist for talent marketing school. Once we launch, then the waitlist is no longer there. So go to modernempowerbrand.com and make sure you're one of the first one who will get access to talent marketing school and become my special tribe.
Alrighty, welcome back. So how to be more persuasive in talent acquisition? Now, according to the science of persuasion, all humans are actually natural persuaders. All personality types have this in you. So being persuasive is not a trait that is deserved to, let's say, for the most extroverted salespeople. I mean, I'm not extrovert myself, yet I know exactly how to use words to persuade others. So we all have we all have it in us. And when you kind of tease it out, when you practice the skill, you can become a really great persuader yourself. And it all starts from stepping into those shoes of your ideal talents. And this applies to both talent acquisition as well as talent marketing. Remember, these are two different acti- activities. We have to become more attuned to whoever we attempt to convince and to persuade. And attunement means that we tune ourselves in the same wavelength with that other person. It means that we're looking at the world, you know, through their lenses, seeing your career opportunity with a pair of external eyes. This is what's called a perspective taking. And it calls you to do three things. One, become interested in figuring out where the talent your business desires is coming from. What is driving them? What is important to them? What motivates them? What concerns they might have? Where they want to go next? Number two, paying attention to what they say. Because sometimes we lack the ability to choose the words the other person can really understand, can really grasp. And if you choose words that they cannot immediately understand, uh, you know, like if you ask them to, uh, to confirm if they understand your point, and if they don't, then those words will just kind of, you know, it's like they, they don't pay attention to them. So you have to listen carefully and make sure that you understand how your audiences speak, how they understand the world, you know, take their perspective, and then choose words that are familiar to them. Number three, respect their differences. I think in talent acquisition, one of the most common amateur mistakes is to fall in love with a personality type who who reminds us about ourselves. That chemistry just drives past all the other important questions. Hiring to company culture, which is one of my favorite things to do, does not mean hiring people who agree with everything that you say, who are like you. That's kind of like cloning, isn't it? It is about hiring people who add to and and who complement what we have in order to make that mission and that purpose become a reality. Hiring to company culture means hiring people who share the same values that we see important enough to honor at this company. Values are about how we treat each other, how how we see the world. Values are about commitment to something truly meaningful. Values are not about whether you are an introvert or extrovert or whether we like the same spare time activities. So respecting your candidate's position can build that important bridge to an agreement uh, beneficial for both parties. I think hiring should no longer be about manipulating employees to benefit the business, but not be willing to take actions that benefit the employees back. And I need you to take this to your heart if you aspire a career in professional talent marketing. Honestly, being more persuasive in talent acquisitions is really falls down, really, really down to these four things. Number one, approaching the career opportunity you are about to open from an angle 
that how is this going to improve the life of your ideal talent? How should you use the truth, the truth of your company as a workplace to present this opportunity from that angle, from that perspective that is more personal and more purposeful to your ideal talents? Do not bend the truth though. Find the truth and use it. Number two, present the offer that both asks and gives. Most job posts are presented um, as a list of requirements. By the time the writer got to what they offer as a, as a company in exchange to all those 72 requirements listed as bullet points, they kind of kind of ran out of imagination. All they could mention was that, oh, we offer you the challenging job, the competitive compensation and benefits packets and great colleagues, which by the way are probably the most common you know, talent acquisition sales arguments in a job post, which essentially make them nothing more than a standard text that has no impact whatsoever. I mean, who would even consider a job where the colleagues were nothing but great and the compensation was less than competitive? Number three, making a conscious decision of not positioning yourself, your business um, into this power position because uh, you feel like uh, employee that as an that as an employer you have power because employers really no longer have power, especially not over the top talents in their industries, and enforcing this no longer existing power in a hiring process looks like. So these are what you need to avoid: not helping the applicants to succeed in your process, as in if they forgot to mention something that you asked for, if they forgot to attach something uh, that you specifically asked for. You know, you would not help them. You would not contact them to remind them about this information. Instead, you just drop them off immediately because, you know, they didn't meet your standards or not helping them to prepare for the job interview uh, at all. Uh, not communicating and keeping the applicants aware of whether they are still in a process or not. I don't know about your country and your experiences, but uh, literally... It's very common, you know, in the industries and in the countries that I've ever worked in talent acquisition is to make candidates wait for even six months or more before they hear nothing back, nothing. And not being empathetic towards their lives and their schedules and assuming that they will be able to take an interview slot whenever it is most convenient to you and so on. These are examples of when we enforce power in a hiring process, even though we no longer hold power over the top talents in in our industry. Number four, looking at your career opportunity, at your attractiveness as a place of work, at at the requests, at the expectations, uh, your process, your business, looking at these from the eyes, uh, from your own eyes, instead of the eyes of the talent, and thinking carefully how they really compare with the competition. Too many organizations feel like, you know, they have something literally unique, literally standalone, literally something that is not going to be compared with anything. But it's not that, it's not the truth anymore. When we look at this, when we evaluate our opportunity, our attractiveness, our appeal, our recruitment process, our expectations, uh, from the eyes of the talent, this will give, give us a better perspective to word and position ourselves. Too many employers believe 
blindly that they have this power over the talents, but we don't anymore. And it's time we started to behave better. Now, there is a saying that you get what you see. A professional talent marketer is a good seeder. And as a professional talent marketer, you will help your talent acquisition, your organization to work for or to present the seed, the good seed as well. Now, there's so much I could talk to you about the topic of, of, of persuasion, and um, I probably will later on. But if you believe in these thoughts and these ideas, if you want to learn more about what professional talent marketing is and how you can apply professional talent marketing in recruitment marketing, in recruitment communication, in candidate communication through the, you know, to the recruitment process, in um, internal development of employer image, in employer branding and so on, all across, you know, what professional talent marketing and employer branding entail, do consider talent marketing school. As said, join the waitlist now and get access among the first people when we launch. Uh, you can find that opportunity at modernemployerbrand.com, purple button on the front page. And remember, just because you are on the waitlist, this doesn't mean that you don't get to decide if you actually then enroll for talent marketing school or not. Signing up on the waitlist is not yet a commitment to enroll to buy anything and in fact if you do want to enroll and buy then you still have to do that step as well now go spend your holidays with your family merry christmas happy holidays i'll be back next week will you this was building a modern employer brand podcast with me susanna rantanen moi moi